dear Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Dear Lord, I pray that you will consecrate all of us, that we will be instruments by which your will will be done on this earth. As we go through your words now and fellowship with you, we pray that you will grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit, grant to us understanding and wisdom that we may rightly divide the word of truth and that lessons may be taught us that will help us to remedy the defects in our characters and make us to be like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have nothing to say of my own self that will bless your children. For the sake of your son Jesus that died on the cross of Calvary, please put your words in my mouth that I may speak blessings to everyone who would listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, October 22 He made things right. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 The chief among the publicans, Zacchaeus, was a Jew and detested by his countrymen. His rank and wealth were the reward of a calling they abhorred and which was regarded as another name for injustice and extortion. Yet the wealthy customs officer was not altogether the hardened man of the world that he seemed. Beneath the appearance of worldliness and pride was a heart susceptible to divine influences. Zacchaeus had heard of Jesus. In this chief of the publicans was awakened a longing for a better life. He felt that he was a sinner in the sight of God. Yet what he had heard of Jesus kindled hope in his heart. Repentance, reformation of life was possible even to him. Zacchaeus began at once to follow the conviction that had taken hold upon him and to make restitution to those whom he had wronged. Already, he had begun thus to retrace his steps. When the news sounded through Jericho that Jesus was entering the town, Zacchaeus determined to see him. In the presence of the multitude, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. There are those who have had very meager opportunities, who have walked in ways of error because they knew no better way, to whom beams of light will come. As the word of Christ came to Zacchaeus, Today I must abide at thy house, so the word will come to them, and those who were supposed to be hardened sinners will be found to have hearts as tender as a child's, because Christ has deigned to notice them. Many will come from the grossest error and sin, and will take the place of others 
who have had opportunities and privileges but have not prized them. They will be accounted the chosen of God, elect, precious, and when Christ shall come into his kingdom, they will stand next his throne. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is He Made Things Right and we are going to look at how a rich man can make things right. We just looked at the rich young ruler who would not make sacrifices to follow God and Jesus had said about him that well, it is hard for a rich man to make it to the kingdom of God. And here it is that we see another rich man called Zacchaeus. And through him, we will indeed see how it is that a rich man can actually pass through that eye of the needle and make it to the kingdom of God and have eternal life. So reading the account of Zacchaeus, the rich man, meeting the truth, Jesus, in Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 to 10, it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. So, what does it mean when we look at the title of our devotion, He Made Things Right? What does it mean to say that He made things right? Simply what it means is restitution as an evidence of repentance. Conflict and Courage, page 302, paragraph 2 and 3 says, No sooner did Zacchaeus yield to the influence of the Holy Spirit than he cast aside every practice contrary to integrity. No repentance is genuine that does not work reformation. The righteousness of Christ is not a cloak to cover unconfessed and unforsaken sin. Every converted soul will, like Zacchaeus, signalize the entrance of Christ into his heart by an abandonment of the unrighteous practices that have marked his life. Like the chief publican, he will give proof of his sincerity by making restitution. Amen. Zacchaeus, when he was told by Jesus that Jesus was coming to his house in the presence of everyone who was there, said that he was going to give his goods to the poor Remember that this was what Jesus told the rich young ruler to do. Sell all that thou hast and give to the poor. Some of us may even reason, why did Jesus make such a request from this man? Who will fulfill that request? Well, here is before you someone who did it. 
Jesus did not tell Zacchaeus, go and sell all that thou hast. He didn't need to be told. The Holy Spirit was already ministering to him. And he of his own self said he was going to do that. And not only that, he said he will make restitution. That the half of his goods he will give to the poor. And that if he has taken anything by false accusation from anyone, he will restore unto them fourfold. But I want us to look at the business practices of Zacchaeus that put him in this condition. You see, Zacchaeus, like we read, was a chief publican in Jericho and the Bible writes this word, he was rich. That is what the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 2. He was rich. So you can just imagine what that means for there to be a testimony about him that he was rich. But he had gotten his money by the wrong means. Many of us like Zacchaeus today are getting our money by the wrong means. So we need to look into business practices and how to live a life that will be an evidence of repentance because that's what Zacchaeus was going to do now. He was now going to stop all those evil things he was doing. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 302, paragraph 3, it says, Like the chief publican, he will give proof of his sincerity by making restitution. Before that, we are told, we were told every converted soul will, like Zacchaeus, signalize the entrance of Christ into his heart by an abandonment of the unrighteous practices that have marked his life. But in context, unrighteous business practices. Has Christ entered your soul? It will show in the fact that you will abandon unrighteous business practices. What are these unrighteous business practices is what we're going to be looking at. The Faith I Live By, page 132, says, The Christian in his business life is to represent to the world the manner in which our Lord will conduct business enterprises. In every transaction, he is to make it manifest that God is his teacher. Holiness unto the Lord is to be written upon day books and ledgers, on deeds, receipts, and bills of exchange. Those who profess to be followers of Christ and who deal in an unrighteous manner are bearing false witness against the character of a holy, just, and merciful God. If we have injured others through any unjust business transaction, if we have overreached in trade or defrauded any man, even though it be within the pale of the law, we should confess our wrong and make restitution as far as lies in our power. It is right for us to restore not only that which we have taken, but all that it would have accumulated if put to a right and wise use during the time it has been in our possession. If we have in any manner defrauded or injured our brother, we should make restitution. If we have unwittingly borne false witness, if we have misstated his words, if we have injured his influence in any way, we should go to the ones with whom we have conversed about him and take back our injurious misstatements. It will not be long before probation will close. If you do not now serve the Lord with fidelity, how will you meet the record of your unfaithful dealing? If you have refused to deal honestly with God, I beseech you to think of your deficiency and, if possible, to make restitution. If this cannot be done, in humble penitence, pray that God, for Christ's sake, will pardon your great debt. Begin now to act like Christians. Make no excuse for failing to give the Lord his own. Now, while it is not yet too late for wrongs to be righted, while it is called today, if you will hear his voice, 
harden not your hearts end of quote so there are some things that was just read now in this quote that we should look at overreaching in trade dealing unjustly defrauding another person what does it mean to overreach to overreach means to take more profit than is necessary on a particular business you know very well that the cost for this particular product and the price for which you are supposed to sell it is this price within this particular range but in your heart you want to make more than is required and you take advantage of the ignorance of the buyer and the person comes how much is this thing and you mention a price that is way above that which you know that the particular product or the service costs hoping that the person is ignorant and will fall for it and only until the person says no i know how much this is sold is within this range that's when you come down you are already sinning against god when you do that and if the person falls for it and you make money out of it you have sinned you have added your sin brought it into action now but it doesn't the person doesn't have to fall for it the very fact that you actually stated a price that is higher than the original thing then you are sinning against God in doing that. Now, I'm not talking about how much profit we should add to our business. That is another thing on its own, which we need to actually study. But that's not what I'm going to be talking about. That's how much profit should I make on a particular product or service that I'm rendering. Those things are determined by various um, uh, factors like the place you are living in, how much people collect within that area, how much it costs you to actually give the service or the pro- to make the product and then the reasonable um, percentage profits that you should add on it is determined by various things actually. So I'm not talking about that but you, whoever are listening to me, you know very well in your own business when you have done all this and you have determined, okay, this is the actual price this thing is supposed to go for, the service or the product. When you are overreaching in trade, you are sinning against God. And if you want to show that Christ has come into your heart, you will abandon these false business practices. Now, in the pale of the law, like we have read, it may be acceptable. The law of the land does not condemn you for doing this. But the law of God does condemn you for telling lies, for overreaching in trade. These are things we should repent of. And if Christ has entered our hearts, we will not just say, uh, Lord, forgive me but we will try to make restitution. But what happens in this restitution is what we need to really talk about. That is, return the money back to the person that you did, uh, that you cheated. That's what you're supposed to do. Return the money back with interest. That is, whatever that money would have accumulated in the time that you took it from the person, also give it to the person. If Christ has entered your heart, you will do it. But then again, there is still the other matter because some people even their own cases against God they are actually robbing God and if we have that's why you see what Zacchaeus said here that he was going to sell and give to the poor and not just that he will give to the people fourfold he didn't just say I'm going to give it back to them exactly as I took it from them he said whatever I have taken from anyone Luke chapter 19 reading from verse 8 he said and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. In other words, if we have made any money from a cheated someone, we have to restore to the person not just exactly what we took, but like Zacchaeus said, interest based on what the money would have accumulated. If Christ has entered your heart, it sounds like a difficult thing to do. But look at Zacchaeus. He did it. Was he going to make losses? Yes, he was not just returning. 
he was returning the interest also. If it was that Zacchaeus just said, I'm giving to the poor, that's already making losses. That's free gifts to the poor. Secondly, he's returning to everybody he has stolen from. But he's not just returning and then keeping the profits that he made from stealing their money. He's giving them back with interest. We see many governors and rulers of the nations. What do they do? They withhold salaries of their staff and put the money in fixed deposits so that it can accumulate wealth for them. Whether they want to use it for campaigns or they just want to keep the profit to themselves, I don't know. But one of those reasons is the reason they do it. And then later on, they want to appear like they are good and like they are nice people. Maybe just before the election, what do they do? They now start to pay the salaries, especially to teachers and the government workers. They start, local government workers, they start to pay them their salaries and it has accumulated for long. And some people, they, these governors, they feel like they are doing good. They feel like they are actually nice people. No, you are a sinner when you do that. But the Lord is speaking to you with the story of Zacchaeus telling you if you are one of those who have been doing this if christ has entered your heart and he wants to enter he does not condemn you he wants to give you life that which you are seeking for on this earth he has better things to give for you give to you there's no need to steal people's money there's no need to do all these unjust business practices oppressing people who are under you stealing from them overreaching in trade deceiving and lying just to make more money and then you think that you are rich the lord will bless you with riches give to people what is their own when you have kept that money in fixed deposit to the ruler of the nation, when you have done that, what does the Lord expect from you? Is it to pay them their salary? No. Even that interest that the money accumulated, it is not your own. It is their own. Give it to them too. Don't keep the interest to yourself. And there are people who do this too, withholding the wages of people, not just rulers of nations, even business entrepreneurs owners of companies they do the same thing and keep the money to themselves the lord is speaking knocking at the door of your heart saying he wants to enter in and if he has entered you would like zacchaeus restore fourfold back to those whom you stole from and give to the poor this way the rich man can enter into the kingdom of god but we'll look at that subsequently but what of cases where we cannot find the people who we actually cheated who we stole from who we deceived and overreached in trade on them we are told in testimonies volume 5 page 339 paragraph 1 you cannot make every case right for some who you have injured have gone into their graves and the account stands registered against you in these cases the best you can do is to bring a trespass offering to the altar of the lord and he will accept and pardon you but where you can, you should make reparation to the wronged ones." End of quote. This is what is to be done. Though you may not find the person, that doesn't exonerate you. It is God who you cheated. It is God who you overreached. So what should you do? Bring a trespass offering to God and drop it at the foot of the Lord. Give it to the work of God, to the cause of the Lord. That way, you are making restitution and you are showing that truly Christ has entered your heart. 
Now, another way this is done, just by the way we read before, that it is not just when you have stolen from people money that you are to make restitution. Just by the way, there is still the other one we read where you have misstated people's words, accused them falsely, you have defrauded or injured your brother's influence. How do you make restitution when you have gossiped, whispered, said evil things about people and also maligned their character? What do you do? Make restitution by going to correct what you have said to the person who you told it to. Maybe the brother or sister is not even aware you said bad things about them. The person who you have actually done it to, that you've gossiped to another person, go and tell that person what I said was wrong about this brother, what I said about this sister was wrong. Because there are times you may call someone, even it may be defects in people's characters and you are telling another person about a defect in one person's character and you paint the person to be so black that it affects the mind of whoever you are talking to so that all they see is just evil in that person i've seen these things happen and sometimes i get it too in the ways of people telling me or uh, people talking about myself and you see that these things it, it affects the mind of people and when people come to tell you things or you tell someone and you realize that this thing you said you only said evil about this person you didn't even say one thing good and the eye of that person who you are speaking to is going to be looking at this person with all the bad characters they have not knowing that there's anything good about them it's bad we are to make restitution by taking back our words but let us go back to what we are talking about with respect to business practices so what we have learned is if christ has entered our hearts we would give back to those whom we have robbed with interest and also if we cannot find the people we will give trespass offerings to the lord we are told in testimonies volume 3 page 549 paragraph 5 it is not now too late for wrongs to be righted show your repentance for past wrongs by redeeming the time where you have wronged anyone make restitution as it comes to your mind this is your only hope of the pardoning love of god it will be like taking out the right eye or cutting off the right arm but there is no other way for you you have made efforts repeatedly but have failed because you have loved money some of which has not been very honestly gained. You would not try to redeem the past by restitution. When you begin to do this, there will be hope for you." End of quote. You see, the case of Zacchaeus is an encouragement to all who their cases seem hopeless on account of the love of money. Zacchaeus was a man who had made dishonest gains. He hated the people and the people hated him in return. Just in case you are wondering, where does the Bible say Zacchaeus hated the people? You only have to ask or remember that there is no thief that loves you while stealing from you. Zacchaeus made himself odious to the people as chief of the publicans. But like we read, yet the wealthy customs officer was not altogether the hardened man of the world that he seemed beneath the appearance of worldliness and pride was a heart susceptible to divine influences amen you see in one way or another we may be able to identify with zacchaeus but the truth is that not everyone can identify zacchaeus sin was of a nature that made the multitude to detest him some sins are private some are even celebrated some overlooked others people could care less but Zacchaeus' sin was of a nature that made no one to have any sympathy for him. He was one who gave no sympathy and he was also denied sympathy. There are some people who are like Zacchaeus today. They extort people forcefully and unjustly. 
Some are police officers, others are community boys like they call them, or working in one labor union or the other. In some countries, those working on the road transport unions are like Zacchaeus. The truth be told, some of these people are cruel, unjust and wicked in their manner of operations and make unjust laws just to make money from people. Some of them collect money from people by false accusations. They will say, oh, this I've been in the bus before and you will see a police officer or one of these boys like I'm talking about will just come and accuse a driver of doing something that they did not do and tell them you will pay this amount of money because of false accusations and they will take the vehicle from them, take the key, lock them up. I've seen cases where people's gadgets and laptops are seized and then they will tell them pay money before you collect that laptop, pay money before you do this or that and they will accuse them, oh you are doing internet fraud whereas it was not true. These are people who are like Zacchaeus and what do you expect the people to think of such people? They will hate them except you have the mind of Christ of course. You don't need to hate them. The Bible says forgive, forgive them. Whether they are like Zacchaeus, forgive them. You see Jesus, did Jesus know what Zacchaeus was doing? Yes, but when he met Zacchaeus, what did he do? Did he say, oh Zacchaeus, you are a thief. I'm not coming to your house. Zacchaeus, had he repented before Jesus spoke to him? No, he had not. He was still in that same business. But Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. How did the people react? They said, oh, this man is going to this wicked person's house. But what did that act do for Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus repented. Like I was saying, the truth be told, these people who do these things like Zacchaeus, they are very wicked. They will tell you that you packed wrongly and then they will take money from you unjustly for this purpose. Others will cruelly set traps for the innocent or people who are new in the transport work and will extort them. Many people hate the police today because of their corrupt practices. Many also hate those in charge of the trade unions that use those unions to extort innocent people. This is the kind of person Zacchaeus was. Perhaps as I am speaking of this now, you are remembering an experience you have had with any of these officers and how trying it was for you. Perhaps you were extorted by them or you even know one who is notorious for being an unjust officer. This story of Zacchaeus is on record for us to see that not all who are involved in sins like these are wholly lost. Though Zacchaeus was involved in evils like these, his heart was still impressible. The Holy Spirit could still reach him. Jesus did not condemn him. Even the rich young ruler who said that he had kept all the commandments of God from his youth could not be brought to give up all for Jesus. As Zacchaeus met Jesus, hope revived in him. In Jesus, he saw someone who did not condemn him. He saw an understanding person, one who could sympathize with him. While Jesus preached strongly against all sin, his relations with the people and his care for them in showing his interest for their temporal needs showed that he loved them. All these were evidences that his sermons were done in love. To those who are like Zacchaeus, we must know how to reach them in the same way Jesus did. And what is that way? In wisdom, I'm reading now from Desire of Ages, page 353, paragraph 1 and downward, it says, Behold, said Jesus, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Christ himself did not suppress one word of truth, but he spoke it always in love. He exercised the greatest tact and thoughtful, kind attention in his intercourse with the people. 
He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. He did not censure human weakness. He fearlessly denounced hypocrisy, unbelief, and iniquity. But tears were in his voice as he authored his scathing rebukes. He wept over Jerusalem, the city he loved, that refused to receive him, the way, the truth, and the life. They rejected him, the Savior, but he regarded them with pitying tenderness and sorrow so deep that it broke his heart. Every soul was precious in his eyes. While he, was, while he always bore himself with divine dignity, he bowed with tenderest regard to every member of the family of God. In all men, he saw fallen souls who it was his mission to save. The servants of Christ are not to act out the dictates of their natural heart. They need to have close communion with God, lest under provocation self rise up and they pour forth a torrent of words that are unbefitting, that are not as dew or the steel showers that refresh the withering plants. This is what Satan wants them to do, for these are his methods. It is the dragon that is wroth, it is the spirit of Satan that is revealed in anger and accusing. But God's servants are to be representatives of him. He desires them to deal only with the chorus in the currency of heaven, the truth that bears his own image and superscription. The power by which they are to overcome evil is the power of Christ. The glory of Christ is their strength. They are to fix their eyes upon his loveliness. End of quote. Amen. So, it is this manner of walking that will bring about a change in those who are sincere in heart and who, like Zacchaeus, are not wholly given over to iniquity. Let us learn to walk as Jesus walked for the outcast of society. You saw here now what we read that Jesus even bowed to people whom he was speaking to. He was polite. He was kind. This is the wisdom of the serpent and the, and the meekness of the dove. He preached straight truth to the people. But when you interact with him, you will realize that he loves the people and he has compassion on them. He was interested in their temporal needs. He did not say, oh, because Zacchaeus is such a wicked person that he wouldn't go to his house or he wouldn't talk to him or he wouldn't treat him with politeness and with respect and treat him with dignity. He still treated the sinners with dignity. He respected them. He bowed when greeting them. He showed his sympathy for them. This is the only way Zacchaeus knew that Jesus loved him. It was not because of just his preaching alone, because he backed up his preaching with actions that showed that he loved the people. And we are not talking of giving gifts now and buying bags of rice and food for everybody. No, that's not what we are talking of. Just that tender kindness in the way you re relate, the way you speak to the people. That's enough for people to know that this person is of a different character. It's not as if he hates me. That was what Zacchaeus could see about Jesus. There was also, apart from Zacchaeus, the woman caught in adultery, the prostitutes, the drunkard and the profligate multitude who are keenly aware and sensitive of the way they are viewed and hated by society. While we preach the truth courageously and without apologies, we are to strive to make it evident by our words, tone of voice, actions, silence also when necessary, sympathy for their weaknesses and compassion that we love them.
and will work for their upliftment. This is what we learn from Jesus dealing with people like Zacchaeus. From this experience, Jesus meant to teach us, his disciples, that we are not to treat the outcast and sinner with contempt and hatred. Don't get into fights with the police and those who oppress you. Resist not evil, Jesus says. Find a way to reach their hearts. You cannot do this by hating them and fighting them, but only in love. And this is what we must do. Be kind to the officers. Show them that you love them, regardless of their wickedness. Perhaps you will heap coals of fire on their head like is written in Romans 12 verse 17 to 21. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible as much as light in you, live peaceably with the police. Live peaceably with the boys on the road and the trade unions. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. We are told in the book of First Peter, I think maybe about chapter 3 there about, that we have an example given to us of Jesus, who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. How many of us will suffer under Zacchaeus? And instead of ministering to Zacchaeus, we threaten Zacchaeus. Do you know who I am? You tell the police and you start to insult them and you tell God will punish you. You tell them all kinds of things. Do you know that what you are doing is that you are actually taking vengeance? If you had the opportunity you would beat them up but because you can't you use your words to attack people maybe you are driving on the road and somebody does something wrong to you what do you do do you insult do you revile do you threaten and that's just by the way but in the context of what we're studying today people who are in government offices like Zacchaeus who oppress how do you deal with them we learn from Jesus that we need to show some love it is not those skating rebukes and those attacks that will help help them you need to show them love be polite be kind to them and heap coals of fire on the head how do not be overcome evil do not overcome evil with evil you can't even but overcome evil with good that's how do good to Zacchaeus do good to the police do good to the soldiers do good to those officers that's how you overcome them then again there's another lesson perhaps you are listening to me and you are in, even involved in this kind of behavior of Zacchaeus and have been hated by others for it. Look at Zacchaeus and get some encouragement. He was able to change his ways and it is also possible for you to do the same. Those who will be in the kingdom of God are not saints in the sense of people who have never ever sinned. No, not at all. They will be people who have been involved. They've involved themselves in sins of the darkest hue. Sins that the pen cannot picture. But they will be people who meet Jesus and make changes in their lives. Have faith in God. It is for this purpose we are studying this devotion. Was it not written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures may have hope? Do not banish your self-respect. It is true that people may hate you for your evil deeds. But Jesus is calling you to come. He grants to you forgiveness full and free. He wants to free you from your sins and if you will, he will also grant you power to change your ways. We are encouraged because we know that even if we are thieves, internet fraudsters, harlots, politicians who steal, policemen, officers and even armed robbers, Jesus has not rejected us. We are accepted in the beloved. He came to save us from our sins and will save us not in them but from them. He can change us like he changed Zacchaeus. 
After Jesus met Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus' life was changed for the better and he intends to save us like he did Zacchaeus. Be hopeful, be comforted, Jesus saves. Titus 3, reading from verse 3 to 7, 7 says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient and wrong. We were slaves to passions and pleasures of all kinds. We spent our lives in malice and envy. Others hated us and we hated them. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior was revealed, Amen, He saved us. It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves had done, but because of His own mercy that He saved us through the Holy Spirit who gives us new birth and new life by washing us. God poured out the Holy Spirit abundantly on us through Jesus Christ our Savior so that by His grace we might be put right with God and come into possession of the eternal life we hope for. Amen. Brothers and sisters, have hope, have courage. We are told, Romans 4, 15 verse 4, all these things were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. This wicked man, Zacchaeus, once a thief, a robber, a fraudster, changed his ways and it was shown that Christ had entered his heart not just by him going to church, don't deceive yourself, but that he said, I will give to the poor. Not only that, those who I stole from, I'm going to give them back what I stole from them, but I will also give them back with interest fourfold. That is the way the Lord is opening for us. Make it right with God today. Whatever your business has been, and even apart from stealing money, however your life has been, you may be hated like Zacchaeus because of the evil things you have been doing, or you may not be hated, but wherever your sin is, God is inviting you. Let us take advantage of this opportunity graciously provided for us today while there is still time. Do not wait for a moment. Receive the grace of God and be transformed today through Christ. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the invitation that you gave to us. We thank you, Lord, that you have not condemned us. We thank you so much that you love us and that you want to wipe away our sins and give to us the righteousness of Christ. Lord, I commit all who are listening at this time, who are using this as a way to reconsecrate themselves to you or just to begin a new life with you, to drop the old business practices and even old practices of sin. I pray, Father, that you will grant to them abundantly of your spirit and give them the power and grace to turn a new leaf. Give all of us that power that we may continue in the way of righteousness or begin to walk in the way of righteousness to do the will of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As far as the east is from the west As far as the worst is from the best As far as the future is from the past As far as the first is from the last He is holy I'm unworthy He is faithful In all of His ways He is worthy I'm unholy He 
has taken my sins away. And oh, how far He's taken my sins away from me. from the light as far as the blindness from the sun He is holy I'm unworthy He is faithful in all of His ways sins away and oh how far he's taken my sins away from me and oh how far he's taken our sins away from us sins away.